Before we begin, if you don't mind just introducing yourself, letting the people know who you are, what you do. Yeah, uh, my name is Andrew uh, Dow. I'm an attorney here in Houston, uh, 33 years old, uh, born and raised here, son to Vietnamese immigrants. Um, so I've lived in Houston all my life. Um, went to UT Austin for undergrad, uh, graduated with a degree in economics, uh, went to law school at University of Houston, um, been practicing as a lawyer now for about nine years. And uh, I work for a litigation firm here in town um, named Kane Russell Coleman Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, we have uh, we have a Dallas office as well. Total in total, we have about probably about seventy five eighty lawyers. Awesome, man. When did you um, were you always interested in pursuing law, or was it something that kind of happened after you got your undergrad? You know, I. I Grew up with you know very traditional Asian family, so um, obviously they wanted me to be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. Yeah. Or, you know, that was what they wanted, but you know they were flexible in whatever I ultimately wanted to do. You know, they were as long as I was happy, they'd be happy. Um, so I went to law um, before I went to law school when I was at UT. Um, I graduated with economics. Uh, a BA in economics, but I didn't start as economics. I started as biochemistry pre-med. Okay. So that for about a year and a half, um, realized I didn't have the passion for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, realized that um, there were some science subjects I liked. Like I liked biology, but I didn't like chemistry. And so, but it didn't really pull me into it. So I switched to economics. Um, and for pre-law, um, a lot of people don't know this, but in college, there's really no pre-law you know, prerequisites that you have to finish. Like pre-med, you have to finish a certain amount of bio, chem, and, you know, organic and physics and whole rigmarole there. Um, but with pre-law, I mean, you can apply to law school with any degree. And so you don't have to take a s- certain um, strict curriculum. Right. Um, you can kind of take what you want. Uh, take something that interests you, that you know, you can have a career in, uh, even if you didn't go to law school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I picked economics. Um, obviously there's a lot of, um, paths you can take with that. Uh, but ultimately I knew I wanted to go to law school. So, uh, for my last two and a half years, you know, I took a good mix of classes, obviously my economics courses, but my electives were all over the place. Um, and then I knew I wanted to be in Houston. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I only applied to Houston law schools and, you know, um, went to University of Houston and graduated back in 2012. That's awesome, man. I did want to talk to you about um, human interaction because yeah. that was primarily that's kind of what you have to, you know, amongst other things, that's one of the things that you have to be very in tune with, understanding how human beings sort of um, what they're actually meaning and the verbal sort of dialogue, verbal chess that you have to play. This is my assumption, but I think we could really talk about that. Yeah, so, um, you know, in my field, there's talking to courts and there's, there's talking to clients, right? Um, and it's kind of a different interaction uh, with both. I mean, I'll tell you how I talk to my clients. And so really when you're talking to a client, it's important to remember um, everyone's kind of wired differently. Everyone's, you know, built differently. Everyone has different mindsets and thought processes. Um, and one thing that's important to remember is that, you know, um, get to know 
whoever it is you're talking to, and get to know your client, really listen to them. A lot of people like listening to themselves talk, but they don't listen to the person they're talking to. Right? Facts. You really got to listen to the person you're talking to and kind of let them know that you're kind of here to, you know, not just talk to them, but talk with them. How do you and, practice that? How do I practice that? Or how did you kind of develop that skill? Because a lot of people don't have it naturally. And, you know, we've all made the mistake of waiting to speak instead of actually listening and kind of following up on what the other person said. You know, so, I, you know, when I was a kid, I used to be pretty shy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of the opposite of that now. I'm pretty sociable um, or social. Um, and uh, I can, you know, hold a conversation pretty well regarding, you know, most different topics. I think one of the things that um, is a good practice tip, if you will, is, you know, broaden your interests, um, learn about a lot of different things, keep up with a lot of different things. Like for me, uh, before I go to bed every night, I I read all the current events, all the news all around the world, right? As much as I can. Um, And not only because, you know, I'm interested in what's going on, but it's good to be, you know, knowledgeable about all those things, right? You want to have some awareness of what's going on around you. Um, You know, we each go through our jobs and kind of our daily lives, but it's important to know what's, what's going on out there in our city, in our state, in our country, and also around the world. Um, And uh, to dovetail off that, another reason to do all that is because um, if you're knowledgeable in a lot of different areas or, you know, you're never going to feel uncomfortable in a conversation, right? Let's say you get thrust into some a conversation with people that you really don't know. Right. But, you know, one of them happens to have a passion in, you know, performing arts or someone wants to talk about sports, which is a common topic, but, right. um, and someone wants to talk about something else. But, you know, if, if you've kind of taken the time to really know things around you, mm-hmm. you can... Uh, develop these organic conversations where things just flow, right? Um, You know, you have a colleague that you just met that's into theater or into the performing arts. You know, you went to an event a couple months ago. You can say, you know what? You know, I checked out this Dear Evan Hansen in Chicago, um, you know, and it's actually coming to Houston, you know? And the point is, it's like these natural organic developments where you're not feel like you're forcing it because you actually do know about the, the material you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the thing is you got to be ready. Like I can carry a conversation, but you yeah. got to be ready to, if they're very talkative, then you don't want to have to, to force the conversation. Right. Cause you don't want two people talking over each other. But if you come in able to carry the conversation, then it's going to go fine either way, right? That's 100% accurate, man. And that actually shows that you've been following along. Because if you, you know, if you just chime in at the wrong time or you interrupt someone talking. Yeah. You don't want to just force something. Like if someone's talking something, you don't want to just interject and just throw in something that you think is, is good to talk about. You want it to kind of develop, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you got to listen. You know, listen, um, pick your points whatever else. And at the end of the day with clients, you know, they can go to a lot of different lawyers, right? I mean, there are a lot of different lawyers in the world, just like there are a lot of different doctors or a lot of different people in every field, right? Whether it's real estate, 
um, law, medicine, whatever it may be that you need a professional for, right? Um, and, you know, first and foremost, I mean, they want someone obviously, um, you know, skilled in the area that they're looking for, right? But they also like someone with good, you know, bedside manner, someone that they interact well with, they can trust, that they know they can pick up the phone and talk to, um, and to be, a, you know, someone that's accessible, right? Um, you know, there are a lot of people that don't understand the importance of developing these relationships, right? And it's important, whether it's friends, people in your network, clients, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the next few years, right? You don't know whether or not, you know, someone you're talking to today may need your help on a professional issue down the road a couple of years from now, right? That's a fact, man. Um, and vice versa, you don't know whether when you may need them or when you may come across them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good to kind of maintain your network and, you know, but let it be genuine. You know, there are people that only make connections to further something, and that's not the way you should look at it, right? That's uh, I don't make connections looking to um, derive some immediate tangible benefit or, you know, I don't count favors when it comes to my friends or anything like that, right? Okay. You, know, you, you be there when you're needed for people. Um, you be there for your close friends. You uh, be accessible to people that kind of want your time. And later on, you know, when, you know, if, if it ever so happens that something comes up, I mean, they know the type of person you are, right? I definitely agree, man. That's very well said. It's um, a lot of people kind of view connections or networking as investments that they require returns from immediately or, you know, whenever they desire. And it's kind of, um, it's kind of a flawed mentality and, we see a lot of that in the, in the sort of realm of social media where people just want to connect and people just want to, you know, have talk to the biggest person in their industry so that they can be a step closer to their desired goal. And it's just all based on, I think based on flawed metric systems that we use, it's not really genuine. It's not rooted. Yeah, in- exactly. No, I agree with you. Um, a lot of it is, you know, people want that instant gratification, want that instant benefit. And that's not a genuine connection, right? You don't want to, you know, enter someone's, um, you know, uh, let me better way to put it, you know, you don't want to just take someone's time and then immediately be like, you know what, you know, here's what I need from you. Never. No, you got to connect with them. You got to know that, um, you know, they have a lot of people that they're talking to as well. And, you know, when the time comes, it comes, right? Like, you know, I don't, I don't tell my friends and, you know, I have a lot of friends that have businesses and, you know, I don't tell my friends, Hey man, you know, you should use me. Right. It doesn't work that way. I mean, they have these good relationships with lawyers that have helped them through a lot of stuff. And I respect that. And, you know, so, you know, what I tell my friends are, you know, I say, you know, we, we just interact like we normally do, you know, and they, they know my abilities. They know, um, 
they know that if, if they need something, they can, they can reach out to me. And when the time comes, it comes, you know, for example, you know, maybe they don't want to switch lawyers on the road, but maybe they want to diversify who they use, right? A lot of companies use different lawyers for different things. Right. They don't put all their eggs in one basket just because you don't want to either put too much on one person or one firm, or you kind of just want to mix it up. Right. Um, and you know, down the line and it's happened before, you know, some of my friends that use different lawyers have said, you know what, we're, we're going to put you in the mix, you know? And so that's kind of, um, you let things organically build and you'll be surprised as to how, um, how things will turn out. You know, don't force anything. Things take time. Good things take time. But, you know, um, there's, there's someone else where um, I, uh, you know, I made a new connection in the last couple of years. And, you know, we started off kind of talking about business. And, you know, it didn't pan out for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. But now he's one of my really close friends. And we talk pretty regularly, you know. And oh. so that that's the thing. Like, you know, you don't look at something as only like one end goal. It's, right. you know, you look at it and, you know, it's going to bless your life in one way or the other. Yeah, but the assumption is that the rate of progression is hindered if you're approaching it this way. You know what I mean? Like most people kind of view it as if I want to progress, I have to capitalize off of everything that you know yeah. it's my life, whether it's people, whether it's opportunity, and yeah. that sort of um, hamster, I guess, cycle or whatever the analogy is. You know, you're like a hamster on a wheel. You're kind yeah. of trying to do the same things, and you think you're progressing, but you're really not. I think really one of the things that I think a lot of people um, kind of get tempted to do and, you know, they, they, they see other people that are, you know, have a certain level of success in, in their field or, um, you know, are somewhere where they want to get to. And they, they try to, they try to get there as fast as they can, or they try to, you know, really make that as a goal. And, you know, everyone's got to set their own goals, Right. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any lawyer when I started where I said, you know what, I want to be like that lawyer. You know, and I know it sounds cheesy, but, you know, I just want to be like the best lawyer I can be, right? That's I want to make my own mark. I want to, I want to be known for my own individual ability, uh, acumen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the rest will come. You know, whether it be, you know, recognition or clients or success or results, it's going to come. I mean, you put, if you put work into your craft, no matter what it is, right, whatever field you're in, entrepreneur, small business, um, you know, you're working a nine to five or, you know, you're working up the ladder in the corporate world um, or, you know, you're whatever field you're in, it doesn't matter what it is. One, you got to like what you do. Okay. I mean, if you don't like what you do, my advice would be you need to start looking somewhere else. Because if you don't like what you do, then that resentment is going to grow. And you have to truly like what you do to be able to get through the hard days. Right? Well, I, like, well, I do want to clarify one thing, though. I've had, like, many conversations about this and, you know, just the accumulation of the, the information that's been shared. What I've derived is that sometimes you have to do things, even if you don't like to do them, so that you can do what you like to do. 
And that's kind of the clarification for people because oftentimes people end up pursuing things that they think are cool or that they enjoy doing, but aren't really designed for that. You know, they may not be the best soccer player, but they love soccer and they keep trying and they keep trying and eventually right. realize that they've wasted time. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, obviously there's gotta be a balance, right? Like, I mean, I grew up wanting to be a singer. I can't sing, you know, well at all. Right. So you, you, it's gotta be a balance between something you like doing and something that you're, you're able to do and you're capable of doing. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, you got to consider both. And, but the, the thing is the reason I kind of made the point I made earlier was because, you know, in whatever field you're in, you're going to go through some tough days you know, there's some tough days where you're going to be working hard or things aren't going to cut the way you, you think. And if you have that internal motivation, like, you know, this, I know this is what I want to do, then it's going to get you through it. And taking kind of what you said too. Um, and that's a great point that you made. Um, you know, I'll try to even expand on that is, yeah, it's kind of the same thing in that, if you're going through tough days, but you know, ultimately where you are is, is needed for you to be, to get to the next point, then you're going to still put in that work and you're still going to get through it. And, um, you know, everyone has to start somewhere. Right. And everyone may work somewhere that they don't ultimately know if they want to be there, but they know that it's needed. You know, they need to put in their dues and they need to put in their time or, they need to work a side hustle to be able to get to, you know, save up capital to, to make the next move or whatever it may be. Right. That's, um, another, that's another important point is just um, understanding, you know, how much you have to do in some cases to really be able to do what you want to do. And a lot of times, you know, people look at you and they see that you're doing what you like to do and you're fairly successful and at a young age, but they don't understand like, the sacrifices that you had to make. I mean, you studied all through your twenties, right? It's, it's, it's um, right. Yeah. And I mean, my first few years as a lawyer, you know, I worked really late nights. I worked long, long days. And, um, but I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And I knew that I had to prove myself and, you know, there's a lot of sharp people that come out of school. Right. Mm -hmm. And, work ethic is very important, right? Work ethic can set you apart. You know, you may know how to do it, but if you put in the time to, to really get better, to not only handle, you know, more responsibilities, but to really develop as a lawyer. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll show one example, which is, um, there are kind of two types of people, right? And I'm generalizing here, but there's two types of people typically in the law field where, they're lawyers that, you know, want to take on a lot of responsibility and they want to, um, you know, work and, and shine and show their mark and, you know, all that. And there are people that are fine kind of showing up for work, checking out at the end of the day. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's means to just support their family. It's not something that they terribly enjoy doing. It's not something that they, um, you know, have that really that fire that passion for but it's kind of just you know going through the motions and, and putting food on the table and supporting your family and there's nothing wrong with that of course no. uh you know um a, a lot of people if, you know you don't have to love what you do um but 
it does help if you like it because it's going to get you through those days, right? At least at some point. 